You're tuned in to True School Hip Hop Radio Station. It can't stop and it won't stop. I'm your host, Jonathan Constantine, Hip Hop Exorcist. Today on the show, we got my main man, Kid, <laughs> from the duo Government Cheese. What's good, Kid? How you been? What, what's the deal? The Hip Hop Exorcist in the house. <laughs> what's cracking? Yeah, man. What, what you been up to lately? Um, I'm just... Uh... You know, being the superstar I am, man. We just got done from uh, doing a show down in Cruces. Oh, nice. How did that go? It went crazy. We had a line of groupies lined up around the blocks. They all waited for us to sign different parts of their bodies. And, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, Quincy Jones was in the house. He was looking at our stuff. And uh, later that night, we got a text from uh, Rick Rubin saying that we were probably the best hip-hop group he's ever seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so first off, just tell us your story, man, how you grew up, and and what was your first exposure to hip-hop, and and what made you want to be a part of the movement? Um, You know, we we all grew up messed up in the... uh, 80s through 90s. Big influences was a lot of gangster, gangster rap. Um, a lot of East Coast came in later on down the years. But uh, just grew up uh, broadcast Chicano trying to put some words together, man. You know, trying to write some clever songs, some good hooks. You know, that's how we do. Yeah. What? Yeah. What part? Of, what part of New Mexico did you grow up in, uh, particularly? Uh, I, I spent. I grew up a lot in the South Valley of. Albuquerque, then I moved kind of right. towards the sticks in that area, and I don't think I don't think it actually got better than that. Moved to the war zone for a little bit, yeah, yeah, you know, the various parts of the yeah. You know, I'm, from, I'm I'm from the South Valley too, and there's a big Chicano influence there. It's mostly Mexicans and Hispanics, and uh, you know, I grew up rough. You know, you see those movies like like Dangerous Minds and and, and uh, you know, Freedom Riders, and, and that's the way my school was. I went to Rio Grande uh, High School, and, and, man, there was, like, drive-bys and, like, rumbles and, like, you know, kids having sex up in the, the boonies and, and, and selling drugs at work. I mean, we had, like, six cops working at our school on top of 10 security guards. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember when it was um, being that's put, a rough. Uh, I remember when it was a thing to put metal detectors in schools. I remember when that became a huge thing. And then cameras. Right, came right, in. right. Yeah, then eventually police presence was there. Right, right, right. But, yeah, we detectors necessarily because the, the school was off in sections. It wasn't one whole big building. But, but we did have the cameras, and, and I remember the cops' presence there was, was pretty thick, you know. Um, you know, tell us, being Chicano in, in hip-hop, um, how, does it, how does that work out and, and how do you feel? Do you feel like you have to fight ten times harder for a spot in hip hop, or do you think it's just something that flows naturally as far as being an artist? Uh, you know, being a Chicano, period. You know, you have to work twice as hard. You're not Mexican enough to be Mexican, and you're not American enough to be American. You know, you're you're right in between. Right. And, you know that that can cost you jobs. You know, because when people are looking for Spanish-speaking people, you go to apply, you speak Spanish, but you don't speak the right Spanish, or it's, it's it's not enough Spanish. You're not speaking enough Spanish to get the job. You know what I mean? Little things like that in life, 
we actually kind of are real things, you know. And uh, as far as rap goes, you know, I think we're trying to come at it from a different angle, you know. I mean, I think we've already heard the Chicano rap, and when you think of Chicano rap, you think, you know, Kid Frost, you think uh, Latter Shade of Brand, you think gangster stuff, you right. think uh, West Coast, you know what I mean? I think, I think what Albuquerque has has raised is, is two Chicanos that uh, are poor, were 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 angry. Um, we're at a dead end. Our economy sucks here in Albuquerque, um, and and there's nothing to look forward to in the future. So we're we we had it, you know, and it's all reflected in music. Right, right. And you were saying about the Chicano rap, you think of guys like Little Rob or like Kid Frost, like you were saying. And and government cheese doesn't rock that way. It, you know, it's not the typical cholo rap that you hear. And and it's hard to break that stereotype because when you say you're doing Chicano hip-hop, um, most people, that's what comes to mind, you know, is that Cholo stuff. And, well, and, and so tell us about Government Cheese and, and how it started and how Jimmy B decided, and you decided to get together. We we call it hardcore Chicano hip-hop is what it is. All right. So it's not just Chicano hip-hop. It's hardcore Chicano hip-hop. And our, our we have a target audience, a specific target audience, and that target audience is the the flunkies, the people that were outcasted, um, they don't have any friends, people that are just kind of uh, looked at as the black sheep, the the people that go in and out of jail in your family, those people fuck with our shit, you know what I mean? And that's what it is. And, um, you know, me and Jimmy got together during a, a P-style event that we were doing where it was just a block party, free food, free music, open mics. Jimmy came down. And um, I went to his house, his garage, and he had a five thousand records probably laid down all over the ground, just kind of everywhere. And there's no computers, so we had to make everything with, you know, old school beat machines, loop machines, two turntables, microphones, four tracks, and you know, looping shit all day and kind of putting together a cohesive sound. And and Government Cheese is funky-ass Chicano hardcore hip-hop, man. It's party rocking music, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I first met uh, Kid and Jimmy B uh, at the Peace Styles. And, and back then, you guys didn't really know each other, and, and you didn't really know me. And at the time, I was with a group. I had a duo called um, Ill Eagle Aliens with Vertex the Wordsmith. And the thing I like about Kid is that, you know, he's willing to work with other artists, and he doesn't really care what you're representing as long as you're bring as long as you're bringing the ruckus and 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 those styles, how many shows did we do, man? Like six P styles or something like that together. The P styles we did. Oh yeah, I mean for a while there, you were our flyer guy. You were the guy that made the dope flyers, and um, they were all hand drawn yeah. and precise, and it was so dope because it was a hand drawn flyer that looked really good, and it was it was uh, it was a vibe, is what it is, you know, and the fact that like no, and you know uh, there's only one person doing this right now that I know of and his name is Saba and he's doing it down in Las Cruces but basically what it is is it's you you rent a venue you fill it up with sound speakers mics you get a DJ you get a lineup of people that want to perform you you open the doors to everyone who's willing to come it's free barbecue and it lasts for all night and it's all ages. Yeah, yeah. There's no restrictions. There's no yeah, restrictions man. on language or anything. And like you said, you got to bring the ruckus. And that's all. That's what it's about, man. Is bringing the ruckus because nowadays these these younger cats, you know, they're kind of just too cool for school when they perform, and they really don't have any 
anything worthwhile, you know. So, you know, in order to come rock and peace out, you really had to, you know, come with it because there were some cats that were just, you know, vicious on the mic, so. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you putting me on back in the day, man. That really launched uh, Illegal Aliens, man, and, and we did plenty of shows. And not only that, I personally hung out with Kid on quite a few occasions at Jimmy's place when he was doing his his job there, taking care of uh, disabled adults and, and, and going to your house and just putting on beats on, on the turntables and just and just freestyling, you know. And uh, oh, yeah. tell us oh, about yeah. your freestyle, you know. Yeah, tell us about, tell us yeah. about how freestyle affects your flow, man. You know, that's good. That's funny that you asked that. Um, um, what it is is when I was young, I was infatuated by the fact that people could freestyle. Uh, to me, to me, if you could freestyle, you were the best MC ever because you were making ill rhymes connect off the top of your head. So when I was young, I thought, like, you had to be able to freestyle in order to be an MC. That's what I thought. Like, I, like you couldn't even be considered an MC to me if you can't freestyle. And I still feel like that to this day. If you can't come off the head and murder in a cipher, then I don't think you 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 are even a real MC. And one time we yeah. went to go see De La Soul down at the Sunshine Theater, and I was right in the front, dude, and I kept harassing him the whole show with a freestyle, kick a freestyle, kick it. Like I don't know what it, I just kept the whole show. <laughs> Finally, they looked down at me and go, "Yo, we're not freestylers." So I was like, "Shut up." <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck you then, you know? And I love De La Soul. I think they're the best. But to me, that's what it was. So I practiced and practiced and practiced and was always like, I thought I had to come prepared. Anytime someone wanted to, you know, do a cipher or battle or do whatever, I had, I figured, you know, I need to be able to at least, if I'm not going to remember raps, I'm not going to remember stuff I wrote then you better be ready to go off the head. And that's what I did. So I'm always ready. Yeah. So, yeah, know, man. The thing, man. Thing is, the thing is, people, uh, is, you know, outside the hip-hop culture don't know it's a culture. And, and the industry kind of take comes in, distorts the, the image of hip-hop. And, and there's a difference between rappers and MCs. Break that down for us. What's the difference in your mind between a rapper and an MC? I think, uh, I think, uh, an MC is the title you give to someone who likes to grab the mic and hit the stage. And when he's on that stage, what he likes to do is he likes to he likes to rap to you. I mean, let me kick a rap to you. Let me rap to you real quick, you know. And that's what he does. That's his occupation, you know. He goes and he busts a rap, you know. And he'll the MC will get up and kick a rap for you, and that's what it is, you know. I mean, I think I think for the longest time, and especially from our era, you know, there was a difference between rap and hip hop, and and you could even say it was East Coast versus West Coast, or you could probably say it was underground versus mainstream. But that was the line, and that was what we considered. So at the time, you know, you probably say, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, that's all rap music, you know. And then you might fuck around and call Method Man and Biggie MCs. But you won't consider Tupac an MC. You'll consider him a rapper. You know what I mean? And and that's that's kind of that's uh, to me. After a while, it's kind of like, well, we're all rapping. You know, everybody's busting a rap. And when you look at that slang word, I, I, the first people I've heard ever say it were pimps. You know, let me let me let me rap to you real quick. Let me rap to you. You know, they weren't talking about spitting rhymes, but they were just trying to 
holla at you and, and let me rap to you for a second, you know? So that's to me, that's what, that's what it is now. You know, I, I'm an MC that raps, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so speaking of MCs, who are some of your favorite MCs growing up and which ones influence you the most, man? Oh man. Um, shit, man. At first I was real heavy into Snoop, Gray, Ice Cube, uh, and then I got really heavy into uh, Do or Die. I was really heavy into Do or Die. I thought right. Do or Die was like like one of the best groups ever. They were just so smooth with it. And then Bone came around and started killing it. And I got really heavy into Bone. And then in '98, I got really heavy into Wu Tang. And from there, I just went in, you know. So Wu Tang to me is the elite. I don't think anybody's better than Wu Tang. But uh, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just it just opened up a whole new world of East Coast rap, underground music, backpack shit, boom bap. But every now and then, you know, you know, I, I really like Do or Die. I like uh, Pac. I like Biggie. I like all of Met the Man. I like. I mean, I like all Wu Tang. Um, De La Soul played a big part. Mob Deep was real big for me. Um, let's see who. Oh, Sway and Tech, man. When Sway and Tech came out with their mixtape, that just. That another another world of MCs. Yeah, um, Common was real dope for a long time to me. For a long time, I considered most F to be top my, my top five. Uh, for a long time, I considered One Below from Binary Star to be my top five MC. Um, oh, below, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I I really dig. I like hardcore shit. You know, I like a lot of hardcore. Yeah, you uh, get- Ice Yeah. You you like guys you like the underground guys like maybe Sage Francis, Brother Ali, you know, Bus Driver, we got uh you know, the visionaries, Two Mex. You, you you dig those guys too? I fuck with Two Mex. I fuck with Two Mex heavy. I think he's he out of all of those guys that you just said, I think he's probably the one that I connect with the most and not just because he's brown. But uh for a while there, you know, Sage Francis was on my radar and I don't know, man. I just lost interest, you know. Bus driver, I played with him a couple of times in Albuquerque, and I don't know. I kind of lost interest in him too. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. A lot of emo rap and shit. I can't fuck with you too much, man. Emo rap is just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, just yeah. too, it's too emotional, yeah. bro. Like, like if I'm driving from here to Santa Fe, dude, and Santa Fe, by the way, sold out when Sage went. Sage Francis just went this past year. Shout out to St. Francis, you know, but I, I personally just can't, I just can't do it, man. I got, I got to have some, some hard shit, you know. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah, it's all hardcore with you, man, for sure. I know that, you know, know you personally. You've always been about the hardcore stuff, man. And uh, so I'm gonna touch on this. We talked about this last night on the show with Insult Uno, and he's a battle rapper, and and he was all about, all about the culture. But I don't know if you heard lately. Now I'm gonna touch on this one more time, but. Lonzo Ball of the L.A. Lakers, uh, you know, set off a wildfire in the community of hip-hop by saying guys like Future and Lil Yachty are, are real hip-hop and MCs like Nas are not relevant voices in the culture. What's the rebuttal to that, and how does that make you feel? Bro, if he's if he don't listen to Nas, he's too young, bro. He's too young. He's too young, dude. He's, he's, he's too young, dude. That's like... That's like... That's like saying, you know, Michael Jordan 
nobody fucking messes with Jordan, you know. It's like a young cat coming yeah. in and saying nobody messes with Jordan. You know what I mean? Jordan's not a ball player, you know. Jordan's not a ball player, you know. Who still who still looks out for Jordan? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make sense. Like like the best basketball yeah. player in the game is Michael Jordan. The best rapper in the game is arguably Nas. Arguably, yeah. arguably, you know. Some people might put M as being the best the best rapper of all time. You know what I mean? Some might say J, but for sure. And Rakim, you know, people would say Rakim, but Nas for sure is in that argument every fucking time, dude. This guy is young. Yeah. He's coming into the game. He's got a sneaker going. It's like $400. He's trying to blow. Um, he just don't fuck with Nas because it's, I mean, honestly, you know, when the last the last Nas song that I heard that I was fucking with has been a while. You know what I mean? And that's just because Nas yeah. don't have to do it like that no more. He's he's rich enough, famous enough to kick back. He don't got to keep putting out this shit, you know. Um, so yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know that 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 dude is just uh, he he's hot right now, and he's got to keep the attention on him. That's all. And he's doing a good job, doing a damn good job of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, as far as me and my opinion on the Lonzo Ball situation is like, okay, you play basketball, and like you're saying about the Jordan, you can't diss the Jordans or or the Magic Johnsons or, or you know, yeah. anything like that. Like, but, great. but the thing is, like, stay in your own lane, man. Like, like the day when you can ha- bust a half decent rhyme, the day when you can bust a half de- decent scratch mix on the turntables, or the day you can bust a, a half decent breakdance or a half decent art piece of, of graph art, you know. I, I think you shouldn't even have an opinion on, on what's real hip hop or not. You know, it's like stay in your yeah. own lane. You know, that really, that really irritated me when he said that, man. Cause it's like, who are you to say what well, hip hop and what's, he grew up this. like in Chino Valley. He, yeah. Let me ask you this. Did you know who this guy was? Did you, have you even heard of him before this argument came up? No, no, I I don't watch exactly. I don't watch sports, man. So I didn't know who he was. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's exactly. Like, it's like nobody yeah, knows. Nobody exactly. knew who he was. He's trying to make a name. Nobody knew who he was. Right. Not everybody knows who he is. This guy's a tool. He's yeah. A tool. So that's, yeah. Next question. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> straight up, man. Straight up, yo. That's why I like you, kid, because you just whose man's is this? Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I like you, kid, because you, you know, you got that rugged way of just saying the way it is, and, and sometimes it comes out kind of vulgar and raw, but, you know, that's what I like about you. You're just completely honest, and, you know, you'll speak your opinion if, if people like it or not, but I just think the guy should stay in his own lane, man. Stick to basketball. Right. Don't try to define what hip-hop is, and, you know, stay in your own lane and sell your $400 shoes and do what you're doing, man, because, yeah. because you know, that guy ain't. He, he he ain't even one of the four elements of hip hop at all, and he and then he's trying you know to define what, what hip hop is, man. You know what it is. This is what it is, bro. I call it the morning shitter rant. Is what I call it, dude. And this is when you get up in the morning, <laughs> you take your phone to the toilet, and you sit down and you pull up Facebook, and you're the first thing you're doing is looking at shit on Facebook, and you read an article, or you hear somebody say Nas is considered the best, or you know, who's your best rapper? Or you probably saw a picture with Nas, Jay-Z, and Eminem, and Kanye and said, who's got to go? You know what I mean? And, and decided to make a post about 
or tweet something real slick about nobody's listening to Nas no more. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. And yeah. that's what that's what did it, dude. Is the morning shit or rent, dude? It, 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 dude, that shit will bite you in the ass, dude. I'm telling you, because I've done that. I've posted on people's stuff early in the morning, just talking shit, and then I'm like, why did I do that? Like, you know, after I've like had my coffee yeah. and kicked back, I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. stupid. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's dumb, dude. But yeah, it's working for him. So, yeah, that's 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 a crazy way of putting it. I never thought of that about that, man. I mean, <clears throat> you know, the current state of hip hop where it's going, you know, is is you know, you got guys in the trap scene are kind of on the top. And I was talking about this last night. You know, we had we, you know trends come in cycles. You know, at first you had that, like, real party scene in the 80s, and then when that died out, then you had the raw golden age of, of hip-hop that came out that had that gritty, that grittiness, and, and then you had the West Coast versus East Coast beef, and then, you know, when that died out, then you had, like, the Dirty South stepping in and representing, and then that died out, and now you got these trap cats. I think, you know, the next cycle that's coming, you know, people got to be prepared for it because people are sleeping on some young MCs that are teenagers that are bringing the ruckus, man, and 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 this trap thing is out is out the door in two or three years, man, in my opinion. But well, you know, as far as the culture currently, um, how do you see it going in? How do you play a role in furthering the culture of hip hop? Well, you know, man, I'll tell you like this, and I've said it before, and I said I'll say it every time. Black people are the most relevant and up to date people on this planet or in the United States right now. Every single new rap trend, new rap slang, new rap fashion, new way of making beats all comes from you know, from a from a from a black kid. You know, and that's that's the best part about it because that's something you can't you can't you can't even move until somebody de- until somebody decides to get up and make a move, like you can't and the, as the industry as an executive as someone who's and I'm not an executive but you know if you were in that position, yeah dude like you're always looking for the next trend for the next thing and it all comes from s- some urban ghetto somewhere in the states where they just they just pop off they put it up on YouTube and it just becomes hot you know what I mean and and it's because it's coming from these kids. And and it's young driven, you know. They don't they haven't really lived too much of a life just yet. You know what I mean? Some of them are poor and they're broke and they've had to grow up fast. Others are, you know, you know, more fortunate and they're rapping about whatever. But this is what you're getting right now, man. You're getting the mind state of a child rapping on the mic now, trying to swag out, trying to look hot, trying to mess with thoughts, trying to get money, trying to burn a blunt. You know, and this is what it is, dude. It's just, it is what it is, dude. You can't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I really don't. I, I, I listen to a lot of new cats. You know, I listen to a lot of new cats. Um, but if you're not hardcore to me and you don't have some sort of an edge to you, I can't I can't really mess with you too much. Yeah, so who are some of the newer guys that, 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 that is on your heavy rotation? Um, some of the newer cats I've been messing with, uh, I'd have to say Action Bronson. You know, that's my that's one of my newer guys. Um, who was I trying to listen to the other day? Um, uh, I listened to a lot. I've been messing with a lot of Kendrick. You know, I've been listening with a lot of Kendrick. Uh, my man Joel Ortiz is killing it. But yo, 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 yo! I'm glad you asked. That there's one cat 
You gotta if you don't know about him, you gotta look him up. His name is Sahai the Prince. Sahai the Prince. This dude is Kanye's ghostwriter for a minute. This dude is signed to good music under Kanye's label. But yo, this this guy has some of the best punchlines in hip hop today, bro. Oh my god. And you know what you know what it is, man? It's a difference between metaphor rappers and punchline rappers. A lot of cats do metaphor rappers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kendrick is a big metaphor rapper. He go at Cole. J. Cole's a big metaphor rapper. You know what I mean? A lot of these cats. Drake. Drake is a punchline rapper. Drake has some good punchlines, but he's also you know sings a lot of dumb shit. But I'll tell you what, dude. There's like five MCs, five MCs that are the best punchline rappers, and you got to go with uh, Cassidy. All right, Cassidy's number one. All right, he, he's he's just ill with the punchlines. Big L, Big L's ill. Jadakiss, Jadakiss yeah. is a good punchline rapper. Um, Sahai the Prince, and probably Eminem. Punchline rappers. Yeah. Just yeah. bar for bar for bar for bar, yo. Just killing it. But I mess with Sahai the Prince, man. Look him up. Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of punchline, uh, have you ever entered a battle before? And, and if so, tell us how that, how that experience was. Oh, dude, we we just did a show in Las Cruces, right? Just the other day, yesterday. And um, after we were done, you know, everybody in the crowd wanted to grab the mic and do a cipher. And as I was standing on stage, I didn't want to give up the mic. So I told him, I said, hey, if you could beat me in a rap battle, you could have the mic. And so everybody stepped up. There was a line of heads trying to battle. I, I took them all out. <laughs> I took them all out. <laughs> you took them all out. <laughs> I took them all out. Oh, I believe it. oh, man, I believe it, too, man. I believe it. Was, was it some young kids, or, or what was the deal with that? It was It was a mix of cats in their early 20s. Some of them were 18, you know. There was one cat that was, like, 17 that was just hungry, hungry, yo. Like, he stepped up. It was like, uh, he, I guess he didn't hear me make the announcement. And I, I just ate him. And then after we were done, everything was done, he goes, yo, man, I didn't know that was a battle. And I was like, I made the announcement. Why were you standing in line? He's like, yo, man, I want a chance to battle then if that's what it is. And and we were trying to, like, you know, put the cords away and get everything set up for the next band. And I told him, look, man, we'll take this outside. And so I let him go outside. And I kicked back for a little bit, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, thinking, you know, whatever. I go outside. And he's 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 there waiting for me, and he's like, "Yo, what's up? We gonna do this or not?" And I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> he still wanted, he still <laughs> he still wanted kicking free. He want to ride, he want to battle." I said, "Okay." So we did. We went back and forth for a little while, and man, it was good. It was good, but it it, it just brought me back. You know, it brought me back to my what I always said, "Yo, if I can't remember my raps, I gotta be able to kick the freestyles." You know, <laughs> and. Yeah, so right. that always helps me out, man. Always helps me out, especially when I'm feeling a little gully, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm trying to battle the whole venue. You yeah, know? Man. still got another band that want to go on, and I'm over here trying to battle people. Do you and Government Cheese have any projects you're working on? Or, uh, do you have any upcoming shows? Yeah, we do. We have. Uh, 
a new album that's coming out. It's going to be a full-length LP. We're going to put it out on vinyl. We're going to put it out on cassette. That's it. Um, it's going to have all the latest sounding government cheese stuff. Um, you got to remember, man, we're we're totally slapstick uh, literate, man. You know, and and with, with the twist of reality, and and you know, and a kick to the nuts. So that's that's what it is, man. You know, we support we support um, all the spicks around the world. You know, uh, we love all the dykes and the faggots the same. Um, you know, I love my niggas out there. Uh, all the chinks out there doing their thing, we love them too. And you know, all you country ass crackers out there, you know, we love you too. That's how we move, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You guys got that, that edgy. I know, I know. DJ B on the group. You know, he's really into Beastie Boys and that. And man, if you see Jay do his thing, man, talk talk about Jimmy B a little bit, and and his and and his skills on the turntables, man. Just talk about a little bit about that and 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 kind of tell us how, how that works. Well, I'll tell you what, man. After visiting. Around 2004, 2005, even in 2006, man, it got worse. Like, up to 2008, everybody had a home studio in their house in Albuquerque. And they had a computer laptop with a mic and a little MIDI box, and that was their setup. And they would download beats off the Internet, and they would go and rap. And that was the thing for the longest time. So everybody had a studio. But when I went to Jimmy's house, he didn't have a laptop. He didn't have a MIDI box, and he didn't have a fancy computer. He had a microphone with a mic stand, two turntables, and a ton of hardware. You know, mixing machines, loop machines, uh, uh, a beat machine, a four-track recorder on cassette, blank, blank tapes. You know, we didn't have a C- he didn't have a CD burner. He had blank tapes and just a, like, a, you know, a thousands of records, dude, just to me, what felt like thousands of records all over the damn garage, dude. And 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 it was crazy because any time I would go home and I'd have an idea for a song, I'd go to the, the garage and I'd ask him, do you have this record? And he'd be like, yeah, I got that record. And we would loop it up and make the beat I had in my head. And I'm like, oh, my God. And this happened every single time we, we got together. We, every time we got together, it was supposed to write a song. Instead, we made beats. And we've we have a, a a plethora of hardcore just ill banging beats. Oh my God, there's so many hits. And um, so when I was messing with Jimmy, I said, you know, I'm gonna keep messing with this guy because he he's doing hip hop the way people did it back in the early '90s and the '80s when there was no computers and it had that big sound. That crunchy. Oh, so sound. you guys, you guys said that, yeah, you guys said that that you're that you're uh, you guys are releasing the your album on on vinyl and cassette only. What made you yeah. go in that direction, and 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 do you think that's a a, a wise move as far as business? Because you know CDs are pretty much obsolete. You know, I don't I don't think anybody rocks the CDs anymore. I still buy CDs, but most people just do the downloads. So do you think that's going to hurt you in the long run, or, or are you just trying to keep it old school? You know, tell me, tell me about the direction of that decision to, to do that. Well, we set a release date, man. You know, we go for about a good month, maybe two months of hardcore promotion, man. 
guerrilla promotion, signs, billboards, you know, buses for a good two months, man. We pumped the town, let everybody know that this is what it is. And then, then we put it on Bandcamp, you know what I mean? After we've already sold a bunch of these, hard, these tapes and CDs, you know, these tapes and records. Then, yeah, then we put it I think, out on Bandcamp. You know, uh, retro yeah, retro is always a trend that, that, that ebbs and flows and, and comes back once in a while. I don't know if you know this. I, I went to a store the other day. Uh, I can't remember the name of the store, but it's a real hoity-toity kind of store. Uh, they got it there in New Mexico there in Knob Hill. Um, I can't remember the name of the store. But anyways, I went in there, and, you know, they got, like, Adidas and old-school retro clothes that you can buy. But then I look, and they got t- cassette tape players, uh, Walkmans, that you can buy. You know, and, yeah. and recently yeah. even, I think it was Raekwon. I think Raekwon, you know, released the purple tape, uh, you know, uh, like an anniversary edition of, you know, only built for Cuban links and, and did the purple tape and added a song with, uh, you know, him, uh, Method Man, and I think it was Rebel INS. Wow. Yeah, no, I think, that, you know, that, that tape that they did was, it was purple. It was just... It was it was that flavor. It was it was the vibe. It was oh my! I don't even know how to say, man. It was the stilo that they had at the time. You know, um, the Tommy Boy uh, look that they were doing at the time. They were trying to stay fresh. It was a lot of bright colors, um, minimal gold. You know what I mean? A lot of slang, and just New York big city type talk. You know that made that purple tape spark in a way that made it so relevant. It just was so dope. Our tape is yellow and red, you know, the colors of... Oh, okay, for the New Mexico colors. Uh Uh-huh, and it's yellow like cheese. You know what I mean? Yellow like cheese. (laughs) Uh, You know, the art cover itself for the tape that we did, the tape we put out came out earlier in 2017, and it's called Spick. And it's got a... A picture. The album cover's got two, a picture of two hanging Mexicans, and these two hanging Mexicans were mm-hmm. hung in California, and they were hung because they were accused of stealing something, and they never convicted them. They never, you know, found out if they actually did or not. But they still hung them, and they hung them because they were Mexicans, and that's what our whole deal is, you know. Regardless, regardless yeah. of justice or rules or whatever, if you guys are going to do to us whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, you know? And that's what they do to black people, man, you know? Black people, some people don't even look at black people as, as even being human beings. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine yeah. that? People actually look at other humans and say, you're not human to me. And I don't know what they think they are, but that's the mindset. That's the way Mexicans are treated, too, you know? Brown people all across the world, man. You know, anywhere in the states, you're looked at as, you know, just a piece of shit. We'll get, you know, most of most of most of them get along with us for the most part, but you know, we don't get that privilege, man, and it sucks. Yep. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you guys chose that direction to to really on 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 because you guys are bringing it back to the essence, man. Man, if you guys don't know who government cheese is, you got to get your hands on this stuff. Now, can we find some of this stuff online? Can we order some of this stuff online? Can we order some of this stuff online? Can we order some of this stuff online?
Everything's on Bandcamp right now. Bandcamp.com. Just look up Government Cheese 505. You'll see us up there right away. We got all our stuff up there. It's a lot of hardcore shit. Um, it's funny stuff, man. It's real shocking. It's real rep- important. It's it's relevant to this day and age and exactly what's happening now. Uh, we just we just you know we made the beats the way you would have made them back with when when Def Jam was doing it. You know exactly the way they might have done it. You know with with a yeah. more relevant message. You know with a more relevant message. It's called Spick Hop, man. That's what it is. It's Spick Hop. And, Big uh, pop, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, and, and and if you're down with it, and you know, you know, it's definitely not, it's definitely not music that your mom can listen to, and we're proud of that. Okay, okay. Now, now I know a while back in your personal life, uh, a while back you recently became a dad. Tell us how being a father has changed your perception as an artist and has affected the way you do music. It makes me think twice about the stuff that I'm saying and the stuff that I'm doing in pictures and in videos and stuff, you know. Um, it makes me think twice about it for sure. But, uh, you know, it's an artistic it's an artistic uh, form of, of expression, you know, and, and the person that I am and the way that I was brought up and where I was brought up and and what I see now and, and you know, just the uh, challenges of being Chicano, you know, how, how that sucks, you know? Um, so that's what all that is, you know? So I think about years later on when he's old enough to look back at it and ask me questions, you know, I'm, he's either going to be really interested in it or he's going to be turned off by it. But either way, there's going to be some explaining to do. Some explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Uh, so so what, what's, what's your boy's name and, and and how old is he right now? My little guy's name is, uh, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he's, uh, he's a little okay, guy right okay. now. Okay, that's, that's cool. He's a little guy right now. He's doing his thing. He's uh, really intrigued with the turntables and tapes and how they work and stuff. So, And computers. He's really yeah. into computers. So, um, and, and guitars. Yeah, he really likes guitars. So. Nice. Do you think he's going to follow in your footsteps and, and continue the legacy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I think I could easily see him picking up an instrument, but uh, trying to take it to the, the next level and be serious about it, I don't know, man. That's a big step for people, you know? And uh, it's a hard reality, you know? It's a hard reality, and uh, a lot of people lose families over it. And a lot of people lose jobs, and burn bridges over just trying to actually go full throttle with making money off of music so I don't know we'll see what happens I'll support him yeah and and, and you know you're the, you're the type of cat like me where I gotta work a 9 to 5 too this ain't my bread and butter you know I do it for the love and and I really appreciate your friendship man I'm I'm glad that I met you back in the days doing the Peace Dells man those are some of the best shows that I played man cause they were just like you said they lasted all night they went on from like what five o'clock artist after artist after artist eating hamburgers you know i think even maybe you went back in the back and blazed the part a little bit you know, I, I, don't, I don't do that myself but 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 you know it was it was raw back then and, and I, that's what i like about your shows they're so diverse and, and you never can predict what's going to happen at a government cheese show you 
now. Am I correct? Yeah, no, I think, I think you know, we're always saying something that's going to get a rile from the crowd. And, uh, you know, the beats just bang so loud. Sometimes people just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, our, our music's so loud sometimes, I think if you're over the age of 26, it might be too loud for you. You know, you might not mess with it because it's just kind of obnoxiously loud, you know? And uh, <laughs> you gotta you got to be able to put up Make your ear drip. Yeah, make your eardrums uh, uh, bleed, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, that's what it's all about. It's just party music. All right, so um, that being said, can you bust the acapella style flow so that the people tuning in can see what Kid is all about? Bust an acapella style flow? Yeah. Yeah, you can do a freestyle or a written. It doesn't really matter, man. Freestyle or written. Okay, all right. Who's gonna play on the bread and the bread in my hand? Forget hand. Because I never deal with the pig. I never talk to him, so I'm putting past my lips. I'm up to my knees in this problematic dip, and the world got things, but I need some more chips. I got a bag of lace, they break too. I need the type that lasts, the type that make my tooth chip. Ones I can bet with, ones I can flip, I need cheap. I don't even twist. Fettuccine, fettuccata, dead presidents. We relate money to food because we're hungry for it. Mix some dough with some yeast to make it rise like heat. Split the pie ten ways with my girl in my peaks. I got a jar at home full of Parmesan cheese. I like the safe deposit box, but only closer to me. And never leave home without your toast or your... Words of wisdom spoken by my man named Benzo G. Word him up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the food for thought right there that you just busted, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely. Yeah, see, I know I'm on top of it. I'm on top of it. I know I know I've listened I listen to your stuff, man. <laughs> I'm on top of it. When you busted that I was like, that's food for thought for sure, man. Well thank you, kids, for being that's, on the show, man, and you know That's the most relevant that, verse right there. That that verse is timeless. Yeah, man. Well thank you, kid, for being on the show, man. I wish you and government cheese the best, man, and I really do pray, you know, that, that God watches over your family, man, and continues to provide for you and, and that everything's good with kid, man. Thank you once again for being on the show, man. Yeah, not a problem, man. It's always a pleasure um, sending out the good vibes to you and, and your lady. Uh, I know you guys are going to get married soon, so, uh, yeah, right, man, right. some good stuff. Uh, you know, stay stay in California. Um and, yeah, uh, yeah, I am. Make, make, She's moving out here, make, man. So I'm good. Yeah, I, good. I remember we were talking about that. I was I was wanting to move back to Albuquerque, and you're like, man, you're doing so good, man. He's like, he, you know, kids like, do not move back to Albuquerque, man. It's a dead end place. You're like, dude, stay in Cali. That's where you need to be. And I was like, I took the advice, and I was, you know, I talked to my girl about it, and she prayed about it, and she really felt like she needed to come out here to help me with my career, you know. So as far as hip-hop goes. And I thank you for that advice, kid. Yeah, man. You know, we live out here. We're here every single day. 
um, it's such a small city, you know, and there's no infrastructure and there's really nothing to look forward to. There's no jobs out here. There's no reason why anybody would come from a different yeah. state to live over here. So do your thing, man, and let me know. Yeah, unless you're from New York. Yeah, unless you're yeah, from man. New York and you want the low overhead price and you own some businesses or something and live out in real Rancho, right? If that, maybe, you know. So, but yeah, man, it was good talking to you, man. Yeah. Let's just let's, let's the real, JC. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll have you on the show again, man. And, and thanks once again for tuning in, or, or you know, that or coming in and, and, and supporting Hip Hop Exorcist. Yeah. yeah, it used to be JC yeah, Representative. Man. Now it's Jonathan Constantine, Hip Hop Exorcist. That's dope. I like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're tuned in to True School Hip Hop. It can't stop and it won't stop. I'm your host, Jonathan Constantine, Hip Hop Exorcist, and you just heard me sit down with Kid from Government Cheese. Yo, keep tuned in. Thank you for supporting real hip-hop and the preservation of hip-hop. Let's keep it moving here on True School Hip-Hop. Peace. Peace. Government cheese, KYD. Burn money, money, burn money, money, money.